If I told you how the story needing to be heard, would you tell it? Better yet, if you knew your story could help someone else, would you share it? Today, my guest is Connie. Connie is going to put us on the journey of, oh, a couple of different things. Because after talking to Connie, I found out she doesn't have just one story. She has multiple stories, and they all have a lot to do with where she is in her life today. Hi, I'm Christine Hoskins, and I believe everyone has a story that is unique, just like our fingerprints, that put us on the path of our lives. Some call it purpose. Every story can help, heal, inspire, educate, and of course, my one word, give hope. Good afternoon, Connie. Hi. It is great to see you. Our listeners can't see you, but I can see you. Yep. So you had given me a few different things that have been your journey of your life, and we talked about a couple of testimonials prior to this recording. I want to start out with one that kind of grabbed me, in that uh, I wanted you to explain a little bit more. Uh, Perhaps there's some listeners out there that would need probably to hear this as well. You had mentioned you were on a five-year journey that led to having a brain injury diagnosis. Please share with me what that meant. What that meant? Well, um, you know, it was a strange beginning. I I had a history of migraines, um, but one day I had this severe pain in the side of my head, and um, it lasted for weeks thinking that it was just a really different kind of migraine. I kind of ignored it and finally had to go to the doctor. Sent, went to actually to three different neurologists to diagnose several different MRIs um, and finally discovered that I had a brain injury uh, at the back of my head. And um, the doctor talked to me about the causes and there were five different causes. And lo and behold, in my life, I had experienced all five of them. Many people do. Um, You know, traumatic injury, um, uh, whiplash, uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, electrical shock, and or birth trauma. And as I said, I had experienced all of those. He looked at me and he just said, we'll never know, but you have it. And so um, there was that diagnosis. Well, shortly after that, um, I started having some other symptoms, and I was diagnosed with a low thyroid. Not uncommon for a woman my age. No big deal, right? So you go on a thyroid medication, and I, that was handled very well um, until it wasn't. And um, I started, my legs started swelling, and my feet started swelling. My toes looked like sausages. And so I went to my primary, and she did blood work, and she did more blood work, and she called me one night at 10 o'clock. This is a lab that your labs are in. I'd like to see you in the morning. I said, let's just cut to the chase. Something's wrong. So tell me tonight. I'd be glad to come in and see you in the morning. But what's up? And she said, well, you have congestive heart failure. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. I have no, none of the um, requirements, so to say, to have congestive heart failure. I was not diabetic. I didn't have high blood pressure. I wasn't a smoker. I was not overweight. Um, you know, why do I have congestive heart failure? I don't know. We're going to figure it out. So um, I had to see a cardiologist, of course, and wear a heart monitor, all those things. Um, and I, yes, indeed, had congestive heart failure. So then they sent me to uh, a special endocrinologist. And 
I think initially he just sort of thought I was a woman in midlife and or, you know, in my 50s. Um, and no big deal, right? He kind of just treated me just like I was a number. And uh, so I had to come back. Then they had to adjust my thyroid medication. They, they diminished it, lowered it, lowered it. And after the third time, he looked at me and said, you know, I think you're a very sick woman. I don't know what's wrong with your thyroid gland. He wouldn't agree that my congestive heart failure was caused by my thyroid problem. My cardiologist was adamant that the heart problem was caused by the thyroid problem. Um, so through the course of that summer, uh, several uh, months, uh, they took me off all thyroid medication. I developed Graves' disease, which is hyperthyroidism. And um, they had to do radioactive uh, iodine uptake. Something was wrong with my thyroid. They had to remove it. They couldn't take it surgically because it was swollen and around my vocal cords. So, which is why I was coughing all the time. Um, just this dry, hacky cough that is also associated with congestive heart failure. So um, I had the radioactive iodine, killed my thyroid, then you tank. Um, and I went through what's called a thyroid storm. So I had no nothing producing in my body. Um, my primary was not sure I was even going to survive this. It's just just a really, I was just really a sick person. And all the time dealing with a brain injury and trying to figure out, am I going to remember how to get home? Can oh, I still wow. drive? Can I work my business? How am I going to be with my family? Right. Um, what's this going to mean? You know, do I give up the checkbook? That type of sure. thing. Sure. So um, I finally got thyroid medication adjusted, uh, and after many more months, the cardiologist said, well, you don't have congestive heart failure anymore. Oh, okay. And I said, did I ever? Are you sure? And he said, I'm 100% positive. You had a transient attack. Your thyroid is now gone. You're on medication, um, so you don't have to worry about staying on that congestive heart failure diet, the low-sodium um, avoiding extra fluids, blah, blah, blah. Right, because they say your diet is a very important part of everything. It is. And, and, and I've exercise. always had a very good diet and a very good eating plan. Uh -huh. um, so I kind of walked out of some of those, had some other um, autoimmune conditions, eczema developed, and um, some. Uh, I have arthritis in all my joints. Um, so my question then is, after you yes. had actually gone in to the doctor in regards to these migraines, yep. to be told that you had a diagnosis of a brain injury, but then you found all this other stuff, <laughs> you've been put on another journey, uh, you no longer have that, What what's going on with the brain injury diagnosis? Are you still having those concerns? Uh, the brain injury is there, and so what it damaged was my math skills, um, and my short-term memory. So my when something happens to me, uh, anybody, it comes into your brain and um, it uh, shoots up. I won't even be able to explain it to quite right, sure. but it shoots up some, um, um, I want to say dendrites, but I'm not sure if that's quite the right word. Okay. Um, and it hops over, and then at night your short-term dumps into your long-term okay. memory, okay. and you have a connection. I have, uh, nothing was connecting. So I couldn't remember a number from one room to the next. Um, I had to uh, resign from a job that I absolutely loved. I oh. uh, couldn't think anymore. I've been in the I was in the medical field for 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, couldn't do it anymore because science and math are huge yeah, in they medicine. Are. 
so that impacted lifestyle. I wasn't ready to be done working. I was just, at that time, I was just 60. Um, and I, I wasn't sure where it was going to take me. Literally concerned, would I be able to remember how to get home? Would I remember what road to take? Um, would this be possibly, and I, I don't know this for fact, so I asked, could this been a part of something like Alzheimer's that comes about? Nope, nope, nope. So they're I not related? Nope, not related. I was okay. tested for that actually at 57. Okay. Um, I started thinking that I wasn't thinking clear. I wasn't sharp. I didn't feel like I was sharp. So I went in for a two-day um, test, and what came out of that was that um, I, I, I've always been an eclectic reader, an avid reader, okay. and so I had a huge vocabulary, and that didn't diminish. But even then, my math skills were not maybe what they could have been or my remembrance of, you know, draw a picture, draw this picture on the page, and then they take that picture away from me, and I'd have to remember what. So that's I the left side of the brain, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think that the brain injury um, was there. One of the injuries uh, that it could have been was birth trauma. Okay. And it, it laid. It was hidden for so many years. I'd fallen three times prior to the brain injury diagnosis okay. and hit my head. Twice had been knocked out. Oh, wow. So did that trigger the damage before? Was that the traumatic injury? No clue. I really wow. don't know. I just know that I lost the ability. And I first they were going to do some, um, you know, brain uh, quizzing, brain retraining. Okay. And um, I was traveling three hours to this neurologist. And so that meant twice a week I would have to drive have this test drive home, and the testing would have been about $125 per time out of pocket. This was not covered by insurance. Do you still have these migraines from time to time? I do not have. I have been completely migraine-free for four years, and that is a journey and a victory in Christ um, through a course of actions and um, a journey that he took me on. And finally, what broke, because obviously for I had the migraines for 39 years, diagnosed at Mayo Clinic as atypical, chronic, um, intractable migraines. I, mean, I had They're not normal. I had them constantly. They could not stop them with any medicine, no treatment, nothing. And I tried a gamut. I tried alternative medicine. That's when I first got into alternative medicines. Uh, it's when the migraines first started. So anyway. For our, um, for our listeners, yeah. it, because I, the reason why I ask that is because I have gotten migraines several times oh, through okay. the years sure. and uh, every so often and I'm here in Arizona where it's hot and the first thing they'll say is uh, you know in the summertime make sure you drink plenty of fluids because you get dehydrated and you don't even realize it you know you could be fatigued um, with not enough water or you could get migraines and headaches so I have thought oh I've got a headache but sometimes that headache is not your normal area of the head it's more like um, feels like it's in the temples and sure. or sometimes in the back of the neck um, so I say this not just for me, but for anyone else that may think they're having, like you would say, a typical migraine, that perhaps it may okay. not be that, and it might be the body's sign of saying, hey, I got something else going on here. You might need to get it okay. checked out. It could, be, it could be food allergies. It could be dehydration. Mm. It could be stress. It could be a pulled muscle. A lot of different um, things. Another injury. Okay. Um, you know, I think the first thing we want to think is, is it a tumor? 
You know, is that I why I have that. this pain? And that isn't often the case. It's not, that isn't it. There's sometimes other reasons, hormonal reasons, okay. um, imbalance in our system. Lots sure. of things cause migraines. Sure. And as you had mentioned earlier on, the uh, M word for women at 50 is menopause. Yes. A yes. lot of different things are changing um, exactly. inside and outside. Okay. Exactly. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, our listeners can't see you, but I can. And I've known you for a couple of years. Right. And um, you had shared with me that you're on another journey. Um, you currently are going through cancer, would you like to elaborate more about that? Because you do not physically have your hair at this time, and you go through radiation. Um. Yep. So, um, and I was, as I was sharing with you, I actually, my cancer journey started so many years ago with family members. Okay. Um, and most recently, my sister, my younger sister, which broke my heart, um, and right just a year and a half before that, our beloved daughter-in-law at 39 was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh. So um, I'm not, I was not unfamiliar. Um, also at age 36, it was recommended because of the density of my breast to have a bilateral prophylactic mastectomy. And I chose at that time not to. Okay. I was at peace, didn't feel like I had cancer. What? So we all hear about women getting breast cancer. Give a little more... Uh, if you can, if it's if yep. you're able to, more of a detail of what that meant. You were talking about it's not you're just regular breast cancer. This was a this was a. Uh, this was a. I was diagnosed with triple negative, which 15 percent of women are diagnosed with this. So it's not the norm. Okay. Um, it's an aggressive cancer. I had three tumors. It metastasized to my uh, lymph one lymph node, and a side note. I'd had a 3D mammogram in April. I had this MRI that diagnosed this in August. So oh. it was not like I had not done my due diligence. Okay. Um, I had, and as I say, I've been doing that since I was age 36, having, um, not having an MRI. I, that actually was my first MRI in August. And I had gone to my doctor to request it. I thought, I'm healthy. Um, I felt good. I wanted to um, remove both breasts to re eliminate possibility. My husband and I did not want me to go through chemo or right. surgery or radiation. And um, three days after I had, uh, I went to my primary, I had my MRI, and within an hour and a half, I knew that I had breast cancer. And um, I didn't know the type, of course, until the biopsy. Okay. Um, and then that was, uh, you, you just get on this train, Christine. It's, I called it the, you know, the cancer train or the um, you know, in the eye of the hurricane, your life is taken out of, you don't have any control. Right. You are told when to show up for an appointment. Um, this is your course of therapy. You can refuse or you can choose to go somewhere else. Um, and I did choose to do integrative uh, medicine along with my uh, going to the cancer center. And that was a private clinic in Chicago, which is six hours away. Uh, and I did that primarily for the um, supplementation and the dietary. And I had been on a cancer-starving diet for a year and a half since my sister was diagnosed. What does that mean? Uh, a cancer-starving diet, um, when you have cancer cells, it feeds off of um, sugar in your body, starches, um, 
various other things. So you eat a diet high in uh, vegetables and fruit, low, higher in vegetables, lower in fruit, but fruit in there. I ate no meat or meat products, no chicken, no turkey, um, fish occasionally, um, some eggs. Um, I was grain free. Um, different, so it was different. It was it was not your normal. Uh, Anna, go ahead. I know you're wanting to stop me. I did because you had mentioned meats. Now, two questions. And yes. I believe that a lot of things are, are in our foods. How we take care of ourselves and in quantities of what we eat and how we eat and what we eat is a big, big uh, plan to our health, I'll say. Yes. You had mentioned meats. First, through this process, did you become a vegan? Um, no. Okay. No. Um, I would occasionally eat eggs, as I said, okay. um, cheese, so dairy. I had okay. some dairy. Not a lot. Okay. Limited it. Uh, cut out things, um, you know, uh, any nightshades. Um, some nuts I could eat, some I could not. Okay. I chose this. It's not that I couldn't. Oh, I chose okay. I'm trying to, to make my body as healthy and starve any cancer cells that might be in me. Understood. Obviously, my cancer cells were already alive and active. And right. as you and I shared offline, could it have been those five years that my body was in such stress and turmoil um, that it, it, it caused the cancer cells to grow faster than my own cells could kill it? Interesting. Uh, who knows? Uh, that is a question I don't know. And no. as I shared with you, um, I didn't ask God uh, why. Why me? Why now? Why do I have to have cancer? I asked him, what was I to learn from this? What was I to share? Um, how was he to be glorified? Because that's what my whole life is about, is to glorify him. It's my sole purpose on earth, is to glorify God. I like that uh, you say that. I want to mention real fast, some listeners don't believe in God. They're atheists. That's correct. Uh, they believe in Buddha. Whatever, whatever, the, whatever your beliefs are, your body is still your temple and how you take care of it. That's and correct. and you made something very val a very valid point about first the question was why me? Well, as you know I lost my 17-year-old daughter uh, in a family auto accident on New Year's Day, 2007. I was that person saying why me? But now through the 13 years and what I've been doing just because I do what I do, living life in its full entirety, um, why not me? Because my journey is now helping other parents deal with the loss of their children that they can still look. Now, not everyone. It's a personal choice on how we want to look at our lives as it is for you to go through the journey of starving the cancer cells. Um, I don't want anyone to think that they, they have to believe in God, but believe in something and take care of your body as best as you can. And again, in the process, what are you learning? I liked that you said that. What are you learning? Not just for you, but maybe... Today, you're a testimony for other people. What are they going through that they probably didn't hear before you spoke? And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. Thank you. So I thank you. So I'm sorry. I wanted to put that in there. Okay. Nope. I appreciate that. That's a very valid. Um, we all have beliefs, and our beliefs come from various journeys in our lives. Absolutely. And um, I didn't have this belief, this strong belief growing up. Uh -huh. um, it came to me later in life, and it's developed and enriched every year of my life. So it is my journey. It is my story. As I'm saying, our business, this is the story of our own. This is our own journey, yes. our own life, our own 
results. Um, and it's the footprint that I'm leaving uh, here on Earth. I agree with you on the belief system. Now, on your journey forward and the footprint that you just indicated, you're still on this journey of cancer, and you had shared with me offline as well that you are currently going through radiation. I am, yes. Okay. That's a journey in itself. Uh, so I have heard from other people that I have met and talked to. Um, yeah. And I do also understand, as any of our lives are an individual journey, I'd ask for you to share with us um, that journey that you go through. How much time is it taking for you to, to go to this? And um, the well, Radiation, I travel about 35 minutes one way to get to the cancer center. Okay. Uh, I am there for sometimes... 10 minutes or less. Oh. Uh, it, it, the procedure is very fast. I mean, it is extremely expedited. Um, it's just so minutes. Give, so give me and my listeners, we've heard of chemo, but this is something completely different. So oh, share totally. with me what the radiation is. Uh, radiation is radio. It's a machine that looks like a like an x-ray machine or something because it can take x-rays. Okay. Um, it's... Um, specific to the areas where my tumors were. So um, I had two different kinds of breast cancer. Um, two of the tumors were the same. One was different. One was buried kind of in the chest wall more. Uh, so it, it it's um, they design it so it goes specifically to those spots. Now, does it also touch other areas? Of course it does. Um, so, like my right now, my entire chest wall on the right side, which is where my cancer was, is uh, broken out in a rash. It itches. It's uncomfortable. Um, my scar is a little tighter um, because of the areas that are radiated. So it's not it's not painful to have it done, but the side effects of it. Um, while I'm having my radiation, um, I'm on the table maybe three and a half, four minutes. Um, I am praying constantly. That is my choice. That's the way I live. And um, I pray against side effects, um, but I'm not dismayed when I have them, if that makes sense. It's not like I anticipate them, mm -hmm. um, but I'm praying against them. So I'm praying for my liver. I'm praying for my lungs um, because that radiation is a gift that keeps on giving. It radiates inside you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, and I had... Um, I did have surgery in uh, April, okay. uh, which during COVID was interesting because you got dropped off at the door, and uh, my husband picked me up the next day at the door. Uh, wow. Nobody with you, no know, family members. Um, a different way to have surgery, but all went all all went fine. And I've chosen. I'm 68 years old. I have chosen in my life. Um, not to have any reconstructive surgery. Okay. So many women talk about um, their hair or their breasts or their waistline or their lack of a puffy stomach or whatever as being what makes them who they are. I've never seen that in myself. Um, I hated losing my eyebrows and my eyelashes worse than I hated losing my hair. Losing my hair was no big deal. Um, and we are vain, man, woman, we are vain. I was telling somebody the other day, our hair is one thing that we are vain about. Women, for the, us, it is our breasts. But I love yeah. that you just mentioned, and we look at ourselves, I'm 50. I try to stay as healthy as I can, and so far I think I'm doing a good job. But, again, I've said before to other people, no one's excluded from blessings, pain, or tragedy until the last right. day that we breathe. And you have been an example of that, but... 
being vain, we look at ourselves as if this is how we're supposed to be accepted to the world. And I don't know where that comes from, but we are guilty of it. And you, you went to specific areas because I go, oh, I could think of that one. Oh, but you know what I'm thinking? You're alive. You're going through all of this I've not gone through. I'm alive. I was in the auto accident with my daughter. I could have had much more happen to me or I could have passed away. But I don't. And I, I'm like you. I am celebrating my life in its entirety, and it's not about all the physical things. I get to get up every day and still make something of it. So I, I want to say thank you for having said it's that. To make a difference, to make a difference, I can still um, reach out and impact. And I have a, um, I have just an amazing group of supporters behind me. Not just family. Sure. I mean, that, those are a given, right? right. The, the well, family, not always, but yes. Not always, but. <laughs> You know, I do. Even my 96-year-old dad, bless his heart, prays for me every day. Um, but I have an extended group of prayer warriors that were so faithful and are still all. I have a, a group of friends that drove me to the hospital uh, or to the cancer center to have my uh, chemo treatments, which I wouldn't wish chemo on my worst enemy. That is uh, uh, just a really different experience. And um, not a pleasant one. I ended up in the hospital for five days. I was uh, neutropenic, which meant all my blood counts were so low I couldn't fight anything off. Mm -hmm. I received three transfusions and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I am alive. I am cancer-free today. Um, I was cancer-free after my surgery. Oh, uh, good my for pathology, you. My labs came back absolutely excellent. People will ask me all the time, why am I having radiation? Yes. Because of the type of cancer I have, I can take no further treatments. There's not a medication. There's not a um, uh, fluid, uh, an infusion. There's not an infusion that I can take. Um, this is it. And so to do the radiation is to try to bring out and kill any dormant cancer cells that are in my body. And especially because it went to my lymph nodes and you don't know where that travels okay. in your body. And so it's a part of the protocol with triple negative breast cancer. Um, it's the best protocol they have for 2020. Okay. Now in 2021, they could come up with something totally different and say that this wasn't necessary. Um, I'm at peace having it done. And I am cancer-free, and I am, I'm just very blessed to be able to say that after 10 months of therapy. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm glad to know you. I knew you before you went through this. Thank you for educating me on all these different things about cancer. And there, there's so many different cancers, even in our animals, that you had mentioned earlier. We have the cancer cells. Every one of us has a cancer cell. It's a matter of what is activating it. So you giving your testimony, I am grateful to, to now be educated one day more about another part of cancer. And the last question I love to ask is this, and not a lot of people know, but I'm sure after we just talked, you'll have an easy answer to it. And that is, what message would you like to leave our listeners based on your journey in this life or just life in itself? I think the best thing I would say would be um, find your purpose my purpose is glorifying God. That's my belief system. Mm -hmm. um, find it, follow it, change it if you need to, go a different direction if you're led a different direction. Uh, we can't all make the best right decisions the first time. We all make mistakes. Absolutely. So 
circle back around and figure out where did you get off the right path, um, how to get back on the journey that's your journey for life, and um, what can you do? Um, I have a family. I want to leave a legacy of love, faith, and financial security for my children and my grandchildren, uh, and I'm on a path to do that. I found a way to do that, um, and I'm I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I'm cancer free. Mm-hmm. I'm headache free, migraine free. Um, am I totally disease free? No. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm relying on a thyroid medication every day of my life because I have no thyroid gland. Okay. Um, but so what? Everybody has a story. Absolutely. You said that. Yeah. You. That's part of of. Your whole ministry here, everybody has a story, uh, and it, they're all different. They're all unique. There are thousands and hundreds of thousands of women that have breast cancer. My story is a little bit different than their story. How I respond is a little different. I agree. Um, you, you experience the death of a child. Uh, I can't fathom that kind of pain, but I've had other pains in my own life which you can't fathom because right. that's not a journey no. that your life has taken you on. No. So um, I, I feel like share our stories. That's huge. You got be it. Be open, be vulnerable, be real, um, and be accepting. Be accepting and offer much grace. Much I love grace. That. I love that. And, that. and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you again, Connie, for being my guest. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thank you again for being my guest, to sharing your story, to help, to heal, inspire, and you definitely educated me today, and you gave hope. To my listeners, I thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you are notified about the next great story, because they are truly better and better. And if you have a story you'd like to share, or know someone who wants to share a story, or you want to be anonymous. Your story doesn't have to have your name, but your story is important to someone else who needs to hear it. Please reach out to me to the email address of Christine with a C-H at storiesofhope.com, stories with a Y. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, please feel free to email me at Christine at storiesofhope.com. And until next time, everyone, I wish you well, and you take care.